as it is. I am very nervous. I don't know how Bishop does this Sunday after squad. Jeremiah 11, verse 9 to 11, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Then the Lord said to me, a conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah and among the people of Jerusalem. They have returned to their wicked, sorry, they have returned to the wickedness of their ancestors who refused to hear my words. They have followed other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am bringing disaster and suffering on them, which they will not be able to escape. Though they cry to me, I will not listen to them. Then the cities of Judah and the people of Jerusalem will go and cry to the gods to whom they burn incense, but they cannot save them in the time of their disaster. Praise God. In this scripture, God told Jeremiah to warn the people that something terrible was headed their way. And as a result of sin against God, he would cause something destructive to happen. And that they won't be able to escape it no matter how much they wanted to. The book of Jeremiah tells us about the broken covenant when God made the covenant with our forefathers. You all remember the time when God told the children of Egypt that when Moses came to lead them out, that he promised them a promised land. And in today, God promised you that if you adhere to his way and his will and do according to his commandments, that he's going to take you to a place in heaven with him. And that covenant that he made long time ago is still the covenant that stands with us today. And God promised that to us. But here the people had to be reminded again that not only were they breaking the covenant between them and God, there was also going to be judgment coming that they couldn't escape. The conspiracy that God told Jeremiah that the men of Judah and the men of Jerusalem has organized was the conspiracy of both breaking the commandments of God and refusing to hear the warnings of God. So the promised consequence of disobedience under the Mosaic covenant was that he was going to bring judgment and they would not be able to escape. The Bible tells us of these warnings and the signs that we will see when our soon coming king is returning. And a lot of us today are seeing these signs, yet we are still not adhering to God's words. We're still not following his commandments and we're still not listening to him. Neither are we heeding to his warnings. God has warned us time and time again that if we don't get it right, we will be facing judgment. Yet here we are still stuck in our ways and doing things that we're not supposed to be doing. Some of us are compromising our Christianity, accepting normality to fit in, to be recognized or to be the it woman or the it man, and still expecting God to have mercy on us day in and day out. Because judgment isn't somewhat instantaneously, we think that we have time to fix or change any minor things that we may lack. And then we want to ask God for forgiveness and still go back and do the same things that we did yesterday. But here God warns us that there will come a day when you won't be able to petition to me or cry to me for forgiveness because I would have already turned my back on away from you in anger. So how long will the people of God continue to play with God's emotions? Sometimes we feel like we're doing God a favor, but I need to remind you that we are not doing God any favor. He don't need no favor from us. He has designed us to worship, and if we refuse to give him worship, he will have the rocks and the trees, the leaves, the branches, and even the chairs worship him. God don't need us. We need him. How many of us 
Remember the game of hide and seek. Yeah. In hide and seek, others will hide and you have one person that seeks, right? Yes. So in the game of hide and seek, when you're caught, what happens? You're out. But the key phrase in hide and seek was, ready or not, here I come. Now, if we were to put this in today's time where we hide and God seeks, he seeks out his true worshipers. He seeks out true believers. When he comes back to this earth, he's looking for those who followed his commandments, those who obeyed his signs and wonders, those who knew what to do and were faithful, those who do, did according to his will. Those are the people who God is taking back with him while the rest of us, well, the rest of you are not me, not us. I ain't saying nothing, not me. I won't be here. The left, the, those who are left behind will endure tribulation. So if I was to put a topic to my sermon today, it would be ready or not, here God comes. In the book of Matthew 24, verse 3 and 27, he says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the dis disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And verse 27 says, For the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. There is nothing that we can do to stop God from coming. We cannot delay his coming. Christ will not delay his coming by waiting on you to be ready. Those who are ready will get to enjoy heaven. And you're going to enjoy the things that you wish you had on here on earth. But see, that's where people get around because the treasures are not here on earth. They're in heaven. Other people think buying big houses and expensive cars and everything here and saving up and saying, this is for my generation to come. I'm going to make sure that my generation, my generation is, is wealthy. That's okay. You can do all those things. But the real treasure is in heaven. Because everything here is man-made and all is vanity. Because when God comes, none of those will matter. He, he reminds us countless times that hell is a real place. And though we, some of us still haven't gotten it because we're sitting here thinking, I'm just going to wait and see what will happen. I'm just going to wait it out. And none of us are prepared for what is about to happen. We have heard time and time again, preachers and many others, the word messages have told us that you better get ready for the time is near. See, no man knows the date or the hour that God comes because he said he comes like a thief in the night. Yet our generation and yet God, yet our generation continues to play with the word of God, continues to play with the house of God, continues to play with God. And yet God still gives us the choices to continue to be ready. He gives us the choices to prepare ourselves. And yet, here we are, day in and day out, doing what we know we're not supposed to be doing. And how many people say, it has been years and generations upon generation, yet God has not returned yet. And some of us are still waiting it out to see if there really is a God coming. But again, as I said before, there will become a time when it will be too late. Don't be that person left back in tribulation. You don't want to go through tribulation. I heard one time a preacher say, people are preparing themselves for tribulation. Well, why would you be preparing yourself for tribulation when you shall be preparing yourself for the rapture? You don't want to be here after the rapture. When the rapture comes, you shall be wanting to go to heaven. You shall be sitting here going, yes, my time has come. And just enjoy going to heaven with our Savior. 
but you're preparing yourself for tribulation and not understanding that tribulation is a time where you don't want to be left behind because pain and agony if you experience pain now and you cry about the little pain that you feel now imagine when that time comes wanting to die you cannot die if you're truly a child of God you should be ready for what's about to come I know I don't want to be here for tribulation so do you isn't it funny how many people see the warnings and the signs and yet some still go right into that very danger? Remember when God, sorry, remember when Noah preached 120 years about the flood coming and yet it still caught everybody by surprise because they weren't ready. People look at us Christians and think, call us crazy because we're proclaiming that a man who died over 2,000 years ago is coming back. And many don't believe that there is even a God. Who's coming back? But I have news for you from the word of God. God gives us this message today and he tells us that this is the final warning. God is done reminding us that I said that this is what you need to do. God is done sending out many people to tell you that get it right because he's coming back. God is now saying in this time, in this season, if you're not ready, I'm coming whether you're ready or not. So it is totally up to you on what you decide to do and how you decide to adhere to the messages people are telling you that God is coming. God gives us this message and tells us in his word that I'm coming back and in this very scripture that we read in Jeremiah 11, he tells us what is going to happen because he sees a lot of people breaking the covenant that he made with us. Therefore, so many will be surprised when he returns. But as Christians, we should not be surprised. We should be ready for the coming of our savior. We know it's going to happen. And we should be looking forward to his return. 2 Peter 3, reading from verse 3 from the Amplified Bible. It says, first of all, know without any doubt that mockers will come in the last days with their mocking. Following after their own human desire and saying, where is the promise of his coming? What has become of it? For ever since the fathers fell asleep in death. All things have continued exactly as they did from the beginning of creation. And this is explaining to us what we see here today. How many times has somebody said, you know, you've been telling me long time God is coming, but my great, great, great grandfather and my grandmother and everybody has lived on this earth, passed on and still know God. So those people will come and they will tell you all these things. And then your mind begins to wonder and you begin to think about it because you're saying yes, since the beginning of creation, it, things have been the same. But have they really been the same? The book of Revelation teaches us of the things that are happening right now in our world. Pandemic was one of those things. Plagues and all these things that are happening. Sicknesses. Many times you see people dying from all kinds of illnesses. The world is in destruction. War is happening. So is the world really the same? It says, for they willingly forget the fact that heaven existed long ago by the word of God and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at the time was destroyed by being flooded with water. But his word, the present heavens and the earth are being reserved for fire. It's being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly people. So have they forgotten that the world existed long ago? Have they forgotten that the world was formed out of water and by water it was also destroyed? But now the earth is being reserved for fire and be kept for the day of judgment and destruction for the ungodly people. 
And if the Bible tells us that, that is not just a warning, but it's also telling us that it's going to happen. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape your, escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay as though he was unable to act, and is not slow about his promise. As, count, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God is saying, don't let this one thing escape you that for me, a thousand days is like one day. And for you, what is one day? Whatever you think is a thousand days is only one day to God. So he's not slow at coming back. He's giving us time. He's been giving us time that he says, when I come back, I'm giving you, I'm giving you time so that you can not perish, but give your life over to God and be saved so that when I do come back, you may go with me. See, he tells us that he's coming back and he will come back. His promises are forever. See, God is not a man that he should lie. And he's not like us. You see, we promise things and we break promises. We tell people things and then we go back on our word and, we, and whatnot, but that is not God. God is not like us. And he doesn't want to see his people perish. He wants us all to come to repentance. So he's giving us a choice to choose him and to choose to be with him in glory. Just imagine if God was like man. How quickly we get irritated. How quickly we get angry. How quickly we get upset. Now imagine if God was to be like us. And got upset every time when we did something we weren't supposed to do. And broke a promise every time we made a promise to him or disobeyed him every, every time. Where would we be right now? If God was like men, there would be nobody left because he would just destroy us every time when we did what we weren't supposed to do. Every time we stepped out of the will of God, he would just destroy us. He, we wouldn't be here because we're so quick to get angry with people when they do things to us. But thank God we serve a God who loves us. He loves us so much that he gives us second chances. In the book of Isaiah 12, verse 2 that we read today, it says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. You see, fear makes believers have spiritual amnesia causing us to forget about what God has done so that we are in a state of being afraid of what he can do because we have unplugged ourselves from the history of God. And if we have the history of God, you know that you do not have to fight for yourself because you're already walking into battles that have already been won. It's like the fight has already been set up. So like before you showed up, Christ came and already took the enemy's victory lap. And so we have to remember that we are not fighting for victory, but we are fighting because we already have victory, because he's our defense. And if he's our defense, then what should we be afraid of? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So God tells us that there will be a day when he will come like a thief, and the heavens will vanish with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and the works that are on it will burn up. So since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, we as God's people... If you truly believe that God is your savior, your king, your creator, we have to live in a holy behavior that it, that it patterns our daily life, that sets you apart as a believer and in godliness. 
so that you could look for and await the coming day of our God. For on this day, when the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements melt with intense heat, he promises us a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So we have to be, we have to be diligent and make every effort to be found by God. Spotless, blameless, in peace, calm, with a sense of spiritual and well-being, confidence, having lived in a life of obedience to him. When Paul wrote to the churches warning them, he warned them, beloved, knowing these things beforehand, be on your guard. So that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men who distort doctrine and fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glorified both now and the day eternity. Because ready or not, God is coming. We can't be fooled by what we see happening today in today's world. Accepting what you know to be wrong as right because you put God on it. Or God is not an our God is not an author of confusion, and we have to stop playing with His name. Every time you see somebody doing something, they think because they put God before it, it becomes holy. They think every time they place the name of God in it, it becomes holy. But I'm here to remind you: do not compromise what you know to be wrong as right. Because if it's one thing I can tell you is that the world has come to a thing that many of us are shaking our head at, and some people are just going with it. Well, what do you know to be right? Last week, our bishop preached on people accepting the things of the world into the churches and calling it godly because souls are being saved. But how do you bring souls through Christ with ungodly or worldly things? Isn't that the very thing that God told us that we should renounce once you become a believer? Didn't he say that you should renounce the things of the world so that you could live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the presence of God? How is God being glorified if we're taking the things of the world and mixing it with the godly things and bringing it into the house of God? If we're taking the things of the world and mixing it with ungodly, with godly perceptions, does oil and water ever mix? Do not be seasonal trees in the house of God, withering and wavering occasionally to and fro, coming and going each season. Instead, be like a green olive tree. See, an olive goes through many stages before its oil to run. It goes through the shaking, the beating, and the pressing. But the beauty of it is that no matter what it's been through, it still produces goodness. It's healthy, vibrant, and fruitful. And David said in Psalms 52:8, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. This is a representation of the vigorous and zealous person in righteousness, dwelling close to God in fruitful and compassion and unity. Such hope in God and his promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit he has given to us. In Romans 5 verse 5 it says, What we place our hope in influences our ability to endure difficult times. If we cling to something that is taken from us, our lives will crumble. But if you cling to God's unchangeable hands, he will restore you, refresh you, and renew you. So what's my message today? Get ready. Get Not even get ready. It's time that you are already ready. Be ready because God is coming. We have so many things about us that we need to 
gets changed. And I've heard time and time again we come to church and we hear preachers say, you don't change your ways, do this because God is coming. But I, like I said before, it's the final warning. I want to share a testimony. While I was speak, speaking to God, I was praying and I was asking God about what to speak. Because I, I haven't been on the pulpit in a long time and I've been running away from it. And I said, God, I don't want to be up here. I, every time I come up here, I get nervous. Ask me to do anything else. I will do it. Ask me to speak. I will speak. Right? But when it comes to preaching the word of God, I just, I just have that thing where I don't want to mess up. I don't want to say anything that, you know, is not pleasing. But God reminds me, if you allow me to speak through you, then how can you mess up? If you allow me to use you, how can you mess up? And see, that's the thing. A lot of times we're asking God to use us, but we don't position ourselves in a position to be used by God. And God had to remind me, if you keep your eyes fixed on me, then I, God, can use you. So while I was there praying and asking God about what to speak, God said he was going to send. This is what God told me. He was going to send somebody to, to tell me what this is. And I've been waiting on God week after week. This was from December 1st. And I'm going, God, time is running down. December 31st came, and I still didn't get nobody telling me what I was going to speak on. And I'm saying, God, I know that your timing and my timing is not the same, but here I am. I am nervous, and I need you to send that message. And my cousin came to church, and he gave his life to God, and he's been following God. And I'm just, I told him I'm so proud of him because I see his zeal for wanting to be closer to God. And I just applauded him that he's a man of his word. He told me, cousin, I'm coming to church. And he shows up every time he tells me he's coming. So I was telling him, I, I really like how God is using you. Little did I know that God was going to use this very man to send the word, send the message that I was going to preach today. At 4 o'clock in the morning, this young man decided to text me. Cousin, I don't know what the scripture means. I don't know. I was reading it and I was praying and God led me to this. And I'm going, God. Four o'clock in the morning, you have this young man waking me up, telling me he doesn't understand this message. But God said, read it and explain it to him. And when I read it, it started to resonate with me. And it started to speak to me. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be telling him what the scripture means. But God was showing me all these things. And he was like, I've been telling you some time, but you haven't been listening. I've been telling my family about dreams I've been having. And I've been having these dreams of destruction, dreams of war, dreams of people being killed and so forth and God said I've been trying to tell you that the message you're going to bring to my people is that this is the final warning and I haven't been getting it because until when I got that scripture when he brought Romans to me or sorry Jeremiah 11 to me and he said I don't understand I begin to minister him to him and tell him what the, this scripture meant but as I was ministering to him I was just typing away because God was flowing through me he was giving me the words and I go ah and it's like a light bulb went off and God said, that is your message. So I told my cousin, I believe God used you to send the, the message that I need to speak to his people. And I sat there and I'm going, okay, God, I have the word. So what now? And he said, take out your, your iPad and start typing. And whatever you type, I'm going to give you the words to say. And everything that I typed here, I was grateful for God because it just flowed. And I was just grateful how God was moving me. And this message that it is speaking today is a powerful message. And it doesn't just stand for anybody in, um, as an older person, but also for young people. Because young people, 
it is time that we understand that we cannot continue to live in the way that we are living or following the world and expecting that the things that the people are doing in the world is normal and expecting it to be right. We know better. And if we know better, then we do better. So if you know that the things that you're doing is not pleasable before God, it's now time to clean up your act. So in closing, I want to encourage the people of God that this year is a time where we walk very close to God. This is the year that our focus should be totally on God and how we can prepare ourselves better so that we can go to glory with him. How can we enhance the way we live our lives so that it is pleasing to God? Are we like the olive tree in the house of God or are we seasonal trees? Is, every, is the things that we do pleasing to God? Are we, are we compromising our Christianity so that we can fit in or that we don't look crazy? Let me tell you, as a child of God, it's okay to be looking crazy to other people. It's okay. People may not understand you, but you see, when you are seated at the right hand of God and looking at all those people, you're looking back at the people who laughed at you, the people who talked about you, the people who didn't even want to be your friend, and you're looking at them, and you're going, God, thank God that ain't me. It's okay to be different. I keep telling my young people, dare to be yourself. God created you uniquely, peculiar. He made you so different from anybody else that even your fingerprint doesn't match anybody. Even if you were twins, it wouldn't match because each of us has a unique print. And we know that our differences is not a reason to be jealous. Because we know that our creator has created us, each and every one of us, differently and uniquely. So that's why even more confidently, you should be yourself. Dare to be yourself. Because everybody else is already taken. He laid out each and every one of us on a mind map. And when he created you, he knew exactly what he wanted to instill in you. He knew the gifts and the talents that he was going to give you. So if he wanted you to be Kiara to be like Sarai, then he wouldn't have given you each uniquely different gifts. Because we all bring something to the table. If you think about it, when you're trying to put together... I remember I was doing an activity with my children and they were trying to put together a Lego house. And then the challenge I gave them was, I gave them each a couple of Lego and I said, whatever you do, at the end of it, it has to come together. And when I think of that, it's how God created each and every one of us. Because at the end, we all make up one. When he puts us together like little puzzle pieces, when you look at it, we all become one big puzzle. So each of you is a puzzle piece that needs to be found and then fixed into the right position. But we can only do that if we're allowing God to use us and doing the things that, and obeying God's commandments. Because here's what happened. Ever have a puzzle piece and it comes with 5,000 pieces? And if you lose one piece, it doesn't go together. It doesn't fix. So if you're supposed to be one of those puzzle pieces and you decide to step back and you know, I don't want to do that right now. You have now messed up the puzzle, and it cannot be completed until you decide to put your piece in the right place. So hear me out. If God came today, right now, at this very moment, would he be opening his arms to you and say, come on home with me? If the rapture was to happen right now, 
Would you be left behind or would you have ascended? God has been warning us, and these are the last warnings. Hear me, because something drastic is about to happen. Bishop has said it, and God has confirmed it in my spirit. He said, every dream that you dreamt is about to come to fruition. And I'm telling you, children of God, it's not pretty. It was not pretty. Every day on the news, I'm seeing people breaking into people's homes. People are killing each other. People are going to the malls, broad daylight, and stealing and doing all kind of things. Sickness is beginning to take place that they start to name them different variables. But these are just the scratch of the surface of what's about to come. Many places are being flooded out, and we here think we're safe. We're not safe. And it, it hurts. It hurts to know that something very drastic is about to happen, and many of us, many of our own people, won't be saved. It is hard to know that you'll be amongst people, and some will be saved, and some won't. But well, this is the world we live in. And we can only tell people so much. Get yourself together. Get it right. Focus on God. You can only tell them so much. But my grandmother had a saying, you can lead the donkey to the water, but you can't force it to drink it. And that just says, you can tell people all you want about the coming of the Messiah. And you can tell them that to get it right. But if they don't choose God for themselves, there's nothing you can do about it. Your parents can't take you to heaven. Your grandmother, no matter how much she prays for you, cannot take you to heaven. Your brother, your sister. I pray for my family every day, and I pray for my family to be, sick, to be saved. But if God was to come now, those who are unsaved, I, what can I do? Yes, it will pain me, but at the end of the day, every man has to be accounted for their own actions. Many of us might think that we are ready. But a lot of us have something that we are spiritually lacking in our heart. Right now, grace and mercy allows opportunity for change. But the day is coming when the door shall be closed forever. A lot of people are satisfied and content with being the same way they are. So there's no growth and improvement in their daily attitude and their spiritual development. But it is your personal decision on how far or how close you choose to become with God. Will you be willing to forsake your opinions and accept what God teaches us and how to better ourselves? Or will you continue to live stagnant in your ways? The choice is yours. And like I said before, I believe God is telling us this is the last warning. This is it. How much more can he tell us? You see, I, I don't understand. I, every time I read the Bible about the children of Egypt, I realize we are just like them. Because we are still stubborn. No matter how many times you hear it, we're still stubborn. We still continue to do the very thing that God is displeased about. When I see things happening in the churches, I, I, I have to say, God, I, I know this is not right. I know it's not right. Then why did we compromise and give in? We go into a house where we know that people are doing something they're not supposed to do, yet we sit there and we wave our hands and shout hallelujah. If it ain't right, you call it as it is. This is the time and the season when things aren't right, you call it as it is. 
because no longer will you sit back and join in with the people who are doing the ungodly things or doing the things that they're not supposed to be doing and accept it because it's what's in. We have to call it as it is. And then we have to look in ourselves and we have to call ourselves as it is. You look into yourself and you say, what am I doing that is not pleasable before God? And you ask God to remove those very things that are not pleasable before him. So for however you choose to continue through this year, the choice is ultimately left up to you. But believe me when I say, ready or not, here God comes. Thank you. Thank you.